0: This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 568, brought to you by Bombas. For the most comfortable socks you will ever wear, visit getbombas.com slash iFanboy and save 20% off your first order of four or more pairs, plus free shipping. And iFanboy listeners like you, son of a bitch! Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast episode 568. I am Josh and I am with Ron Richards. Hello. And Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And as we are recording, nothing else that I care about is going on in the world right now. We are iFanboy, and every week we read our stack of comics, and one of us picks their favorite book, and we call that the Pick of the Week. We talk about the book, that book, other books, some books, magazines, comics, uh, floppies. We don't call them that. Uh, the Patreon pick, and if we have some time, we even read some listener mail or voicemails. Um, there might even be ratings. It's ratings. it's a it's a ratings. It's a good time. It's so like nowhere in my life can I hear the word ratings without at least
1: you it's, know, completely, it's, com- it's completely overwhelmed the definition of the word. Yep. Yeah, it's yep. yeah.
0: Here's your spoiler warning: there will be spoilers. It is a review show. We will have spoilers. So any of the books that we talk
1: about may or may not be spoiled so that's your warning Ron you had the pick this week I did, I did, and uh, this week uh, I, I feel like it's every week we're talking. We're in we're in a mode of uh, oh my god, there are so many books, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm regularly back into the between twenty and thirty books per yes, week. So so yes, yeah. So so narrowing down a book to read uh, can be a can be a daunting challenge. The uh, and, I mean, yet, narrowing down a, bo- a book to be the pick that is, yeah. And yet, there's still can't believe you didn't read this. Like, I, there's right. there's so many books. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so many um, books. But so, what what I thought was interesting about this week was that there was a lot of books that um that I enjoyed that were you know that were there were some there were some number ones there were some you know some uh, you know some events. It had a little smattering, a little everything this week. But really, when I finished reading all my books, and then I walked away from it, I, I slept on it, and then the next day I was like, well, "What book did I enjoy the most reading?" And uh, I just got to tip my hat to Terry Moore because Motor Girl number three kept on coming back to my brain. And for long-time listeners of iFanboy fanboy, will know that I'm I'm as big of a Terry Moore fan as it gets. Strangers in Paradise is one of my all-time all-time favorite comic books ever, and uh, I've enjoyed his work after he wrapped up Strangers. Although he's returning back to it, which I'm still mixed mixed feelings about that. <laughs> You know when when uh, he, he, I enjoyed Echo, Rachel Rising, uh, I, I I enjoyed. I continued to purchase. Did not finish reading it yet, but I will someday. But definitely supported his work. And now Motor Girl is his latest series. And what just struck me, like this is the third issue. This you know this it's, it's, a, it's a new series. It's not like there's any big revelation or any kind of well, you know you, you kind of well. It's I mean, kind you know, of a yes big and no
2: big things happen in this.
1: Issue. No, but I but I mean, but it's not like it's not like a. I mean, this is truly. I mean, we talk about the overwhelming preponderance of superheroes and mainstream comics and a type of comic. And we've talked on the show recently in the past couple of months about how the independent, you know, black and white comic scene is, is nearly dead. And if it wasn't for... It wasn't for people like Terry Moore who are continuing to carry that flag. I mean, Motor Girl is is black and white, completely written, drawn, lettered by him. If it wasn't for uh, people like Terry Moore, as well as a very very small population of independent comic creators who are selling, you know, you know, still photocopying books, of kinkos, and selling them at cons and and things like that, and and doing stuff on the internet. But you know, this whole this category of comics would all be gone if it wasn't for them. So I'm glad that Terry Moore is still, you know, is still doing his thing. And he does it – in. and what struck me with Motor Girl, specifically number, Motor Girl number three, is that Terry Moore has a, a innate ability to balance out-of-this-world comical cartooning with sometimes really personal, real emotions and feelings and heavy stuff.
2: We're going to have a show that comes out later this week we talk about Stuart Immonen and how great he is and how he may be the best artist in comics. But I think we forget about Terry Moore yeah simply because he's not on the radar as much, but reading this issue, I was like, Oh right, there's no one
1: currently who is better than Terry Moore at what he does doing this, like cartooning a single personal story, I' not personal, but I mean, but you know, like you know doing you know he's it, just doing everything. it's all coming from his brain, and it's got enough of the little bits of of his own uniqueness that he brings to the page in terms of whether it's a Ridiculous premise of a, uh, a a a woman who's a uh, who's a war veteran who clearly has something wrong with her, and that she has an imaginary gorilla friend who she talks to. Uh, it's her coping mechanism
2: from the from the yeah what she went through being captive in the war. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, I don't think it's ridiculous.
2: Uh, other that no, part, no. that part is not the ridiculous part of the story. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but but just to stay with the art, for, I mean, he the way he pa- paces a page out, the the way he paces a joke out from panel to panel. I, I think. He, and he's, you know, his character acting, it's, uh, I don't think he's matched in terms of being able to, as you said, tell a personal story while also uh, do action and, and humor. And uh, his character work is just wonderful.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I and I'm hard pressed to tell you what I mean. Motor Girl is a, what Motor Girl is about, and and it, yes, it's about this girl who you know is a veteran and has a coping mechanism where she's talking to a gorilla, but it's also about aliens. Well, that's the ridiculous right? part. And we so yeah. we talked about issue <laughs> one.
2: You are not on the show. We talked about issue one. We didn't talk about issue right. two. Uh, so, uh, what is her name? Motor Girl. Motor Girl? Samantha. Yeah. Samantha. I didn't even yeah. know her name Samantha. Samantha. Angela. Uh, Mona. Jonathan. 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 So, <laughs> oh, God. she She works at a, at a junkyard, basically, Mona. in Nevada. And in addition to her imaginary gorilla friend, she's been seeing aliens. She had a, a visit with some aliens in the first issues. And, and we got a sense in the second issue
1: that the aliens weren't real. Because yeah, the the wa- the wa- when she was when she thought she was fueling the ship and she's just yeah. watering the when Lib- when Libby, the owner of the uh, uh junkyard showed up and there's no alien ship there. That was yeah, she was, she
2: was she was she was washing down their ship and then we cut to a long shot and there's no ship there, so we're like, "Okay, so she's really hallucinating all this stuff." But then in this issue, the thugs that are trying to get her off her land, one of them is abducted by aliens. So, Yeah. Clearly it's not all in her head, and that's what's it that's the interesting thing about. That's so why that's why I think this was a quote-unquote big issue because something big did happen in that we see okay well at least there are some aliens out there right and i think that the which also that was a great sequence when he was abducted i loved that page that page is fantastic
1: well this yeah that that page was great and the pa- and honestly the page to me that that song was when she's working in the junkyard taking apart a car and she's standing on top of it with a chainsaw and she's yes. she's having an argument with the ape about about jazz and Charlie Parker and Miles Davis and all was like that page just like that page exists on its own like it's yeah. independent of what the story is going on like there's just so much life to that and then also um a couple pages later on you know, the, the thugs that are trying to get her off her land, they try to kidnap her, and, and it's yes. becoming, you know, Terry Moore does a great job of the comedic bumbling types. Yes. He did that a lot in Strangers in Paradise. You know, it came up a little bit in Echo, but, like, where the antagonists are really, like, they're, they get a lot of humor from their failed attempts, right?
2: That page I'm thinking of specifically when I'm talking about the way he paces out a page. There's that silent panel in the middle, and it looks, at first glance, to be a really busy page, but the way it reads is really fantastic. Right. And also, when she recognizes and goes, Larry?
1: Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. It's just,
2: it's a really wonderful, wonderful page.
1: Well, yeah. And then, and then, and what I was getting to was that then after the kidnap attempt happens, she gets a bad headache and, you know, and, and, and after a long day and that sort of thing. And she just wants, you know, it to be quiet. And there's a great page of just her laying on the chair with her, you know, holding her hands on her head. And the sun goes down and the imaginary gorilla who's, who, who's there is sitting on the floor with his hands on his head. And it's just like so much heart in that page you know like you 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 get you got just by seeing these two panels you get you know through illustrating the gorilla feeling pain as well you get you get a sense of the hurt that she's in and so like it just it's every every Emotion, whether it's humor or pain or anger or bumblingness or confusion, Terry Moore does just like a, he's a master. He's an absolute master. And then for me, the big revelation from this issue that made me it made me kind of you know uh, get very excited is the very last page of the book. He reveals that the Libby who owns the junkyard was actually introduced back in Strangers in Paradise number 22. So this this story exists in the Strangers in Paradise universe which I love.
2: That was one of the things I wanted to bring up, was how you felt about this being sort of a spin-off book from Strangers in Paradise.
1: That's great, that's great. I love I, a part of me wants, a part of me wishes and I don't know if that's the case with, with Rachel Rising and with Echo, because those were so specific, but I I love the idea of the Terry Moore universe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, mean, I missed that entirely yeah. for some reason. That that's was a ton the, of
1: fun. The thing. Huh. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I I would challenge anybody to tell me uh, another creator who is self-publishing their own comic book on a monthly basis, both in you know issue format and in collected editions and all stuff like that, that's still doing it now in twenty seventeen. Well, the the
2: landscape is different than when we started the show. Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And the landscape is doing it. You'll never see it or hear
0: of it, though. I mean, he's yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah, the landscape is not only different than the eleven years ago when we started this, but the landscape is different. The 20 years ago when terry moore started doing right. strangers in paradise and all stuff so i mean I, I just i have so much respect for the guy and, and I, I don't love mean that, that there aren't
2: books out there there certainly are you go to convention yeah. you see dozens and dozens yeah. and dozens there there aren't hardly any in the popular consciousness like there were 11 years ago like there were 20 years ago
0: yeah it's interesting because i feel like maybe something changed because he kind of said that he didn't he wasn't going to do the issues anymore like that he was he sounded like at one point like he was done with the monthly issues right and he's decided to go back to it, so I'm wondering.
2: I thought he said he couldn't make money off the collections. Uh, there was a lot of things he was I talking
1: think it's about the other way. Around. A, yeah, there, there are a lot of issues with what he's doing, and then then the saying he's going to return straight to Paradise, which is is I mean is great, but also like eh, we'll see. But. um... <laughs> You know, but maybe you know also the inspiration. When sometimes you get a story and you got to tell yeah. it, yeah. So and may, maybe as opposed to doing as long of a series as he did with Rachel Rising and and um and Echo, maybe this is uh, you know twelve issues and done. You know, like I don't I don't know what his plan for this is, and I don't care. I'm just I'm completely on board for the ride. I'll um, tell you what was the best part of this issue. Yeah. Uh, just in my own, it it's the bit where they're talking about
0: jazz, and then she yep. says Miles Davis, and the last panel. When the gorilla goes into
1: reverence, yes, Yes. well, both of them do. They do it at the same time together. I I, I know, but
0: just like I was like,
2: I've never seen. And the chorus appears, yeah, and you can hear that. You can hear it. That's a movie joke. That's a total
0: movie joke that works. Yeah, no, but I've never seen that panel. Like, like, and the way that that page is played. Yep. That's that's we. You know, again, we're talking about storytelling in that other show you haven't heard yet. Um, But like, that's great storytelling to a different effect. And I really was like, that was a really, that was a special thing. And yeah, the, yeah. Thing this is,
1: this, page, this page, that that page is like perfection as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's great. Yeah.
2: That's like when the townspeople reference Randolph Scott and Blazing Saddles.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. And and then like Connor had mentioned that that last page, uh, where that was really the eyebrow raiser because I was reading it the whole time and I thought this is pretty good. I'm enjoying this. I I I like the progression from one to two to three. And then the one guy gets sucked up into space and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well,
1: there you go. That gives us something great. Yeah. So um, if you're not reading Motor Girl yet, it's the third issue. You can pick it up uh, You can pick up digitally. It's up on Comixology and all that stuff. Or if, you, if your local comic store is smart enough to be stocking this, if not, ask them to order it because that will help Terry Moore in this. But, uh, yeah, I mean it, it's, it's, it's a, a balance of lightheartedness with a sense of something is going on, something bigger is going on. It's classic Terry Moore. Classic Terry Moore. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So I uh, couldn't love it more. So Motor Girl number three, great job, Terry Moore. But also a, a great job uh, and uh, probably a runner-up for Pick of the Week for me was uh, Green Lanterns, number 15.
2: Yeah. That, what was interesting about it is the last time this came out, we were talking – and I, that was, what, last week, this morning? I don't remember when the last – Yeah, it feels out. like but it, yeah. We talked about how Jessica finally gained some confidence, and we hoped that maybe that would temper her the storytelling a little bit because it's been focused a lot about her – lack of confidence in herself as a Green Lantern but the thing is she still has anxiety and anxiety doesn't go away even though you've gained confidence so she's more confident as a Green Lantern but this entire issue is a one shot dealing with her it's called a day in the life and it's dealing with how she deals with anxiety throughout the day and I know people I've known I've lots of people with, with real anxiety problems and it's not something you can yeah. just wish away or talk away or whatever and it's a very unusual one-shot story about a superhero.
1: Yeah, I, I thought I thought Sam Humphries did a great job of presenting that problem of of anxiety and how it might you know kind of affect or you know come close to crippling a superhero in this regard, where you've got this great tool of power, but uh, mentally you can't handle it or mentally you can't you know like your your ability to have the confidence that you need in order to be that person. You know, it's funny because you know we're fifteen and fifteen issues into this run in what feels like maybe three weeks, generally. I'm really impressed by what Sam Humphries has done with this title. I find myself more often than not lamenting the fact that it's Green Lanterns, Mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, like I, uh, like up until not not up until this issue, but at at times in the last 14 issues, I felt like, okay, is it Jessica Cruz or is it Simon Bass? You know, like, and having them as partners and stuff like that. Yes, it's a different kind of paradigm, but. It almost seems like overkill and has and has been bogged the bogged the book down where we could have moved faster. But in this particular case, the idea of having someone to lean on and someone to support, I think, was a key aspect of the story. And the whole story just had a level of maturity that you don't really find in well, you find it every now and then, but it was nice to see in the pages of something as superhero y as Green Lanterns, you know. Right. Um, my my only my only problem is that is that unfortunately the art just doesn't live up to the level of the story. And we're falling back into D.C., you know, kind of house style. You know, you've got Tom Derenick, who did thumbnails, and Miguel Medancia did the pencils. You know, like, it just, it, 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 the art wasn't anything that I got excited about. It was very the
2: workmanlike. It got the it, it job done, but it wasn't exciting or interesting.
1: For sure. Yeah, like I, 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 after I read this issue, I was like, "Wow, that was really good. It was really insightful. It was really personal." And then my immediate thought was like, "Wow, imagine if a killer artist had worked on this." Yeah. You know, um, and and that that unfortunately is where it falls short for me. And that that's been this that's been the tale of this book, I think, in a lot of the books at DC right now. It's just that the 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 pump and go, dump, go go go, two issues a month is uh, it's just hurting on the art side. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But
2: the characters are great. It's been slightly more of a Jessica Cruz book. Yes. But then I guess she's the newer character because Simon Boz was around for a little while before. Yeah. But she, to me, is I know I feel like I know her better. And I feel like she's more compelling. She was fantastic at the end of Batman. I thought
1: she was very funny. Yeah, my, yeah. My my thought my, after reading this, I'm like, wow. What if she was just the Green Lantern of Earth? Like she didn't have to. She didn't. Ha-, you know, like I like the fact that Simon was there for her in this issue and, and giving her the support because nobody can really understand what she's going through other than another Green Lantern. But you know, again, after reading it, I was like, "Wow, what if she—if she was just she was in the driver's seat and she was the Green Lantern of Earth? I think that would be way more compelling." Well, Who know, but I enjoyed it. I look forward to next issue's Batman team up. Yeah, yeah, that, that did, It got it got me a laugh at the end. I like that. That was fun. So I gotta I gotta give it up to Ed Brubaker for Killer Be Killed number five for completely just saying, "Oh yeah, forget about what happened in issue four. Here's a new thing that's happening." <laughs> He just put the fast forward button on this issue and that I just like the last issue was there was there was a a, a tense situation that just and now was we there? skip a couple of months. Yeah, there was with the strip club. Oh, he got he, he got beat up outside. the. But he club. got beat up. Yeah, yeah. And then like, yeah, but he and, just and, said. nothing came of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, cool. Keep the movie, keep the story moving. I like it. <laughs> well, what's interesting I love this. Is,
2: is that the end in his letters page essay thing, he said yeah. they plan this to be the longest run of any book they've worked on together. Really? Yeah. Let me find it. Which is interesting because because
1: Fatal went pretty long. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that they're saying that because I got to admit, five issues in, and this this might be my favorite thing they've done at least so, in recent years. You know, like I, I love this book. So here's where I am on it. It's good. It's clearly
0: good. This is I don't know if I like it. Interesting. I don't know if I'm just reading it because I read their work. You know what I mean? Why
2: don't
1: you like it? Uh, well, there there's there's a nihilism, I'm not sure if to, there's a nihilism think, to it that I don't think uh plays well with you, Josh.
0: There is to a certain extent, but it's also there's the 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 mystery thing like is the demon real or not? And I right. I don't like We none of us like the demon I feel like that's not the point, though. I feel like that's just a device. I, I know it's just a, it's a it's like a, a niggling thing that is sort of in the back of my mind, and I don't like I'm reading it and and I'm going this is really good. Like I, it's clear, like like Sean Phillips doing just adjusted his style just a bit, you know, on this uh, sort of from the last series, and it's good, but I don't like see the cover and think oh great new issue of this. I don't I don't think I look forward to it. Oh, yeah, Yeah. when I saw that this was out this week, I was like, yes.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm really excited about this book. So it says, uh, I'm not sure how long the entire series will run. It's probably going to be the longest thing we've ever done and go a lot of different directions before it reaches the end. So I guess
0: that's why I keep going, because I think we're only a little ways in and he does good things a lot. But then there was also like Captain America was fantastic for a while. And then by the end, you were like, all right, let's 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 move along. Or same with Daredevil, same with his. So those are in the back of my mind, too. I don't know. But we're
1: five issues in. I mean, I, and and yeah. the thing is, is and the thing is, is that like, I, I mean, it, it's like what's going on is 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 screwed up, and uh, a lot of issues, you know, with, with the the fact that this this kid is now becoming a killer and all this stuff. But I like how we're five issues in, and the the adventure of it, like, you know, like he's got a mask, and he's got he's feeling more comfortable. He's taking the classes, and then he does something completely stupid, and now the cliffhanger is is that the cops are there, and how is he gonna get out of this? Yeah without going to the next level which is killing someone who doesn't deserve it.
2: Right. You know, he's going to have to shoot um, the cop. There's no way around it.
1: And and I just think that the way Brubaker's telling the story, you know, from the the narrative kind of standpoint, you know, the kind of the first part, like he the, I, you know, he's talking to us. He's you know, he's telling us this story and and jumping around in time and stuff like that. I just I, it's just the whole thing to me is just is is just been every issue has been better than the previous one. Um and I just love the way Sean Phillips draws New York City. It's just uh, it's great.
0: I think there's a there's a
1: definite yo-yo
0: thing going on. We're like, like one issue is like down and then the other issue is up and then the one is yeah. way down and this one's sort of back up. And then, oh, it's like there's it's very playing with us. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that was a bad sentence, but <laughs> it's a Trumpian sentence. It's very <laughs> playing with us comics. But that that's sort of the feeling. And it's weird. Like this was the up issue. And like the other one was so like everything's horrible. I've lost everything.
1: And it's very melodramatic not not necessarily in a bad way i mean and and the thing is is that like if you look at when the book started and it started in winter and now the book has progressed to the point where i get the sense it's it's like spring or summer um you know you got a seasonal seasonal effectiveness going on here where like the 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 main character is a little more upbeat in this issue than he where he was where it was so dire when it began and and it's sunnier on the page you know so like i think that that's an interesting angle as well too oh
2: only slightly really he's you know he's depressed because the girl he loved is no longer loves him and yeah. It's not like things are yeah. great. He's not hes not skipping his way down the sidewalk at
1: this point. True. Fair enough. Yeah. But he's you got who it,
0: stuff to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know who is skipping his way down the sidewalk? Who? Batman. <laughs> fine, Tom King. Fine. You were right. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. right, Connor. I was wrong.
2: <laughs> I criticized issue 14 slightly because I thought it would work better as a one-shot instead of a, two, a two-part story. This is part two of the rooftop story with Catwoman and Batman and fine. This was almost better. It was so great. Fine. I got to like page five and I just started laughing. It's like, okay, fine. Okay, good. I, I, <laughs> I concede. Um, where so Batman and Catwoman are in post-coital bliss on the roof. And she's talking about her dream, I guess. And he's talking about his dream or however, whatever the conversation is referenced to. And hers is about Batman Year One and his is about the first time they met in the old Golden Age comics. And I will fall for that trick every time.
0: Yeah, I will so follow <laughs> hook line and sinker for that trip. Hook, hook line and sinker. There you go. How do you, how do you get Connor do this? <laughs> a couple of accolades, I think, out of this. Now, I, I've I've known Mitch Garrett's works oh. for a long time. This is really good. Mm-hmm. It's really good, Mitch Garrett's work, and I, we've seen a lot of great work out of him. But it's well, look at that page five. He does three different art styles on one page. Yeah, it's it. He he definitely stretched himself for this one and really like put it all on the page. I thought, and and this isn't a guy who I, who I think was lazier or anything but it just it was a little extra to be like i know this is a special moment for us so let's let's do really well then the other side of it like i don't understand how tom king is getting this work because he's writing books he's it's like he's writing books for us (laughs) like
1: he really is like and we we are not the. and we are not the widespread
0: audience (laughs) that's what i'm saying (laughs) like like he's writing books for adults that are not super dark they're just a bit cerebral, not so much that it's esoteric, and it's a bit – he doesn't give you everything. Like you have to work a little bit. He's going to put it all there, and you can see it's not confusing or anything. But he's not laying – every he's not spoon-feeding you anything. You're, you're just sort of going along with this experience, and it seems – it's very
1: different from everything that seems to be happening at Marvel. It's great. And it's funny because it almost it – almost, it confesses to the fact of who's really reading these books. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right, so that's 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 a good observation, Josh. Good
2: job. Yeah, he's getting real close to that animated series tone, but in a little more sophisticated. And that was yep. a very sophisticated show, but this is a little more adult leaning. I mean, you're you're not gonna have Batman stabbed in the neck in the on a cartoon, but he's riding that wave right in the middle, and I, it's very good. Yeah, it's really it's really good. Like yeah.
0: I was, that was like, I really enjoyed that Batman issue.
2: You know what? Between this and Green Lanterns, which we just talked about. I think the case is being made for, and I'm a trade reader, but let's do some smaller arcs.
1: Yeah. Two issues.
0: I thought you were fun, yeah. to say it, I'm a trader. I'm a <laughs>
2: trader. I mean, you know, you can still have a trade with small arcs in it. You can have two arcs in a trade yeah. or three arcs in a
1: trade. Yeah, this is what this is what comics used to do. There used to be little one issue, you know, one shots, little two two issue ones, little you know, here and there that are still fun to, you know, fun to read. And and we've got we've almost fallen too much into the designing for the trade kind of standpoint, you know. Yeah.
0: Did either of you guys read Monsters Unleashed number one? I you know, did.
2: Frankly, I was surprised to see you put it on, this, on the uh, I
1: wasn't going <laughs> to,
2: but I had this a whole was, lot of fun
0: reading this <laughs> it. Was at,
1: this, this, I'll, I'll, yeah, I read it on a lark because, you know, it's Cullen Bunn writing it uh, with Stephen Kniven on art, yeah. and they've been pushing this super hard. And I was like, all right, first issue, I'll, t- I'll take a stab. Yeah. And when I got to the end of it, I was like, oh, wow, actually, that was a lot yeah. of fun. Wasn't
0: yeah. it? I kind of I I had
1: no expectations. I really didn't. I don't. I don't read the
0: news, so I I don't know it's a thing. I was like, oh, it's like a whole event. And even if I don't read any of that, I'll give it a shot. But like, it was really fun. You know what it was? In comparison to that monsters event they did in Batman,
2: mm -hmm.
0: this was way more fun. And it may be just because I have I'm a little closer to the Marvel monsters. It's basically a bunch of Kirby monsters drawn by Steve McNiven, and they're attacking all over the world. And all the heroes are like, what's going on?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's this actually reminded me a lot of like a Atlantis attacks kind yes. of like like late 80s yeah. event book. Um you know, like in the annuals or whatever where, you know, throughout this whole book there's all these Monsters of the Fing Fang Foom level, who are either <laughs> emerging emerging from Earth or landing on Earth, and you've got the Avengers responding, you've got the X Men, you've got the Champions. So it's like this little kind of you know kind of uh, tour of the Marvel Universe. You know, it's really encompassing a lot. You know, the Inhumans, you know, whatever. You know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, like all around the world, everyone's kind of responding to these big monsters and dealing with it. And then at the very end of the issue, and here's the spoilers that there's a little boy has been you know who's who's been drawing. And uh, he walks outside and he goes into the woods and there's Fing Fang Foom and three other monsters going, hey, whatever you think you're doing, you're not, you're not, <laughs> you're not going to knock do- it off. So, yeah, by summoning us is dangerous and like it was a great cliffhanger
2: and I'm I'm gonna read this whole series. It seems fun. Is there a character whose name is more fun to say than Fing Fang Foom?
1: None. He's. I don't the think best. There
0: might be. I think yeah. I need to check the, the roles of the sixties comics. I think there could be up there. There's there's others on the same level anyway. And it was just fun seeing that last page was just like McNiven doing Kirby monsters. Yeah. I was like, it looks great. It really did. Yeah, it really does look great. This is this was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it was it was super fun. Just right. and it was just outright, all that sophisticated stuff we were just talking about before. did not matter. It was fun. Cool. No one else was fun, Josh? supporting your favorite podcast about comic books <laughs> or favorite podcast in general, you if, you, if you like what we do, you should go over to com slash support. There you're going to find a link to our uh, Amazon affiliate page. And when you click on it, it will look just like regular Amazon, but it ain't. It's Amazon (laughs) when you you make purchases. uh, A little bit of that purchase goes to us. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It takes a a little bit off of Amazon's cut, and we're totally fine with that. But a lot of people use that over the holiday of shopping, and that is a big deal for us. So thanks very much. Uh, Keep doing that all year. Keep that link bookmarked. Also, there are direct donations uh, via PayPal or Patreon. Real quickly, uh, on PayPal, if you just... You want If you have, like, a million dollars and you need to get rid of it, <laughs> <laughs> iFanboy.com support. But otherwise, if you'd like to support us, you can go over to Patreon.com slash iFanboy, where the patrons are making a difference. A lot of stuff is coming back. Uh, we're doing the book splodes. We're doing the talk explodes. We get to do the really fun, just the Patreon uh, superpower naming in the shows. And we are now going to be making t-shirts again. We had our big meeting
1: last week about it. We're yep. planning our shirts. We did, yep. and, yeah, and and we've had we've had even more patrons come on this week, further cementing the fact that we not only pa- hit the goal, but have passed it, and we're already looking out to the next one. So thank you, yeah. patrons, for stepping up for that. You
0: know, and the idea is, you know, you like this thing; it's a big part of your comic book world and your hobby, and and all stuff you enjoy. And every Sunday or Monday morning, it's part of your routine that goes along with your comics. And uh, you know, if you're paying three bucks, three four bucks a comic. You know, it, it seems like it'd be a good value to, to help support this, too. And those of you who do, we really, really appreciate it. It will, of course, always continue to be
1: free. Yes. So, that and important is important And important to note that patrons who have signed up in the past couple of months, who are due rewards at the $5 and higher, we're actually going to give you a comic uh, and a bunch of other, some other cool, fun stuff. Those packages are coming. You should be getting them, uh, hopefully, by the end of the month. So, keep an eye out. Excellent. All right. Moving on. Invincible Iron Man number three by Bendis and uh, Stefano Caselli on art. I actually really like this issue. I really enjoyed it. I re- really enjoyed it. Yep. Yeah, it was like it was, I, it, with the exception of a of a of we haven't been a while, but the exception of a blatant got this. Um, oh, there's a bad one. There's a bad one. There was
2: a bunch this week. There was a bunch. Yeah,
1: but this this was a bad one. It's like so you got this. It's got. Okay, whatever. Yep. Bendis. Yeah, it was um, it was that was that was, I forgot about that. It yeah. was Besides so bad it,
2: like, it I, broke our rule of not talking about that anymore.
0: It I really was, did. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I read the the Doom one before this, and yeah. then I read this one.
1: Yep.
0: Um, and the Doom one is is Did the Doom one come
1: out this week? No,
0: I may have, no. I may have just been catching no. up on yeah, stuff. Yeah, didn't come out this week. Yeah, right. Doesn't okay. matter. The point was I read that one, which is interesting. It's not not bad. I, I don't I don't know that I really. But then I read this one. I was like, oh, that was, that was really fun. Like I just at the end of it, I found myself like with that pleasant like, oh, that was nice. I enjoyed yeah. doing that. I That's really cool. enjoyed the 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 Pepper Riri conversation and sort of the weirdness that is. Uh, the Tony Stark AI, which is a way to keep him in the book with, without him being in the book. Yep. And I like the character. I, I like the whole. Like, I like what's going on back with with Mary Jane. And have we known about this Tony Stark mother thing? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. That was that no. Was that was
2: his international Tony Stark book. Oh, right. that,
1: that was last year. Yeah. Yeah. When they revealed that Tony was adopted, and and now we find out he's his birth mother. Now. So yeah.
0: It just uh, felt really freewheeling. I yeah. think.
1: in cool. a good way. Good. Yeah. Move it on. The clone conspiracy number four. Um Young. beautiful art. Jim Chung's amazing. The story's a mess, but on a <laughs> scale of one being Electro and ten being Lady Electro I was so excited to see Electro in this book, and I just felt like I needed to mention that.
2: Was he in the classic costume?
1: So Electro is now Lady Electro, and she is one of Jackal's little goons and has been in the room with Doc Ock in this book. But she is Lady Electro in the classic Electro, you know, with the lightning bolts Mm. come mask. And and, oh, it's a great costume. It's just a great costume. So tens across the board for Electro this week. The best thing about that joke last week was that (laughs) the scale could mean anything. Yes,
2: and it really confused a lot of people. So they we got a lot of emails asking us questions using that scale, and, and they were all over the map, and it was wonderful yeah. to read. I love it, and please yeah.
1: continue. It's fantastic.
2: Trinity number five. I was reading this wondering why I was enjoying the art so much, and not simply because it's Francis Manipal, who was great, but I realized that he doesn't give a shit about Batman's new costume. <laughs> Other than just drawing the new emblem on his chest, he's just drawing him in the old costume. It was about halfway through the book. I was like, why does Batman look so awesome? Oh right, because he doesn't have those dumbass knee pads or those lines all over his torso, or anything extraneous. He just looks like the old Batman with the new emblem on his chest. And I thought, let's
1: do that. Now, what's funny about this book is that, like, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, but, like... I was like, "Oh, Poison Ivy!" <laughs> like, like I thought it was really cool to see Mongol, and I thought the little, the little Dream World that that they're stuck in was cool, and that and that, and the different iterations of Superman, and like, like Manifold's clearly having like this is him having fun in the DC universe. But like, okay, so you've got the big three, and you're having fun. So Poison Ivy.
2: That's why I love it, cause it's it's not something you'd ever think of. Right. Right. And and so. You'd think, okay, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman could take out Poison Ivy real easily, but here's they found a way to make it not so easy, and I, that's what yep. I liked about it. But I also liked the art so much.
1: Yeah, it's just amazing.
2: Speaking of good art,
1: speaking of good art, yeah, Black Hammer Giant Size Annual Number One. So six issues in on Black Hammer, they decided to do an annual. Okay, cool. Especially when it's and this could have this could have been subtitled Jeff Lemire and the Gang. Because this is pretty much a a, a a a a parade of all of Jeff Lemire's friends and collaborators. Uh, friends so on our Canadians. Yeah, exactly. So which is not a bad thing when you've got a lineup like Nate Powell, Matt Kent, Dustin Nguyen, Mike Allred, Emmy Lennox, Ray Fox. I mean, like with colors by Dave Stewart. Like this is just a, this is a tour de force. This issue was so. great. Letters yeah, by Todd really Klein. He's been, doing, good. On, good. He's he's been, been doing, doing the letters. He's been doing the letters
0: on the book the whole time. Yeah. I know. I just want to make sure he's.
2: Uh, I've been loving this series, but I thought this was a great issue in
1: which we got to learn a little bit of the backstory on some of these characters that we have. Really it was did. a really cool, really cool device by yes. having the, the the colonel, the guy with the beard, this the space cadet, kind of going into space and looking through time at a little kind of uh, little mini story of each of the characters. And uh, the one with where he meets himself at the end was I thought was great. And just, yeah. yeah, this I just love the world of Black Hammer. It's, this it's, a, good, it's, really...
2: it's a really good book. This could have been yeah. just regular issue. It need to be. If, you, if yeah. you skip this because it's an annual. And you're you reading the series, out. you need to read this issue. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: You need to get correct. So, last week, last week, you guys asked if I was going to read Spider Gwen. Right. Yep. Yeah, I did. Wow. That's kind of the end of my review. <laughs> I read it. <laughs> well, um, I continued
1: to crossover with, with Miles Morales, Spider Man.
0: Yeah. I mean, what happened with me is that, like, I was, con- <laughs> like, the two characters, deal- like, talking to each other was fine. I actually was. Pretty well done, and it was pretty fun, except I didn't know who anyone was talking about. Meaning, like, when they would talk about somebody, I was like, is this the one I know, or is this someone I don't know? So, like, when Matt Murdock showed—neither of you read it, but M- Matt Murdock showed I up.
1: It. I, re- I read Oh, it. you did? Yeah. So
0: when Matt Murdock showed up, and I was like, I didn't know, I was like, well, I see a jerk, Matt Murdock. Yeah. Which is not bad. I'm just not familiar with it. So right. in terms of, like, a, a crossover, it was a little hard to get acclimated because all the characters have the same names. So they talk about Spider-Woman. They don't mean the Spider-Woman that I think of as Spider-Woman. Right. What? So what happened so that someone like me who didn't read it will know? Nothing. <laughs> uh, he, met his alternate, <laughs> he met his alternate universe father.
1: Yeah. So he, 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 went over, he went over to Spider-Gwen's universe to find his dad from the S.H.I.E.L.D. mission. Him and Spider-Gwen lamented a lot. His phone doesn't work. They ran into alternate universe Matt Murdock who's very different, and then at the and then they, there was some nightclub where people dress up like superheroes, which is a trope we've seen before. And then it, it, the climax was he sees the alternate universe version of his dad, and of which he goes, "Dad," which I thought wasn't very strategically smart. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of his whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> It well, wasn't I, bad. I mean, it wasn't no. bad. I mean, it's definitely telling the story. But yeah, it's like, I, and I did like one of the one of the uh, devices they've been doing in this series has been they've been doing the little official handbooks of the Marvel Universe guides at the back of it to you know so to give you more information on these characters who we know by name but they're different in this universe. And they did this for Miles, which I thought was a cute was a cute little touch.
2: This occurred to me. This is apropos of that. What was that book that DC put out that had all the different DC Earths listed? Remember that book? Remember they had like the New Frontier Earth and...
1: Who's Who? Or...
0: No, it no, the, it was, was recently. it Grant Morrison? I
2: have no idea. I was thinking about that while I was reading Superman this week. I want I wanted to find that book so I can reference all these characters. Anyway, continue. If you know, please get in
0: touch and let Connor know. Yeah. Didn't Grant quickly... Morrison do that as part of Multiversity? It could have been Multiversity. I think it was involved in there somehow. Okay. That makes more sense, so...
1: Real quickly, a little pop into Star Wars corner is uh, Dr. Afra number three by Karen Gillen and and art by Kev Walker came out. And I just thought this was interesting for two points. Well, first, Josh, are you reading this book? I am. Okay, cool. One is that I really liked the side plot of the the, Wookiee, who I can't say his name, Black Kirkistan, whatever. (laughs) Just basically basically him against the Empire on Yavin 4, like every couple of pages was fun. Um, Yeah. But also this is the first book, at least in the Marvel continuity, I see that that has brought in the events of Rogue One into the comics, which, you know, like referring to what happened on Jedha and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, oh, there you go. There's there's a retcon in action.
0: Yes. Which means he knew. It's funny because I keep forgetting that it's Kev Walker on this. So everyone's like, "I'm like, this looks great. Who's drawing this?" Like, oh, it's Kev Walker. And then, like, who's drawing? Oh man, that's
1: good. <laughs> yeah, it's that's good. Wax, I'm, I'm, wax I'm, I'm con- continuing to really enjoy this character and uh, these adventures. So good job, yep. here. Yep. All right. Well, before we get to the rating segment of the program, we want to thank – we want to thank (laughs) – we want to bring you a message brought to you by Bombas. And Bombas are socks that are engineered and designed to look, feel, and perform better. Bombas are all about comfort. And let me tell you, I'm telling you this firsthand as I am literally wearing a pair of Bombas socks as I read this. Uh, For I literally have bought the same brand of socks for – 25 years and bombas <laughs> has converted me and so i'm i'm couldn't be happier to to spread the Josh, gospel are we are we surprised I,
0: I, no i just i have to add this what like this is not a thing i just remember like it was like a year or so ago that ron was just like i'm not happy with my socks yes <laughs> and we were like what are your socks he's like they're just regular tube socks we're just like on. Oh, come on you know, come on, man. So I'm and, really and glad that you found a solution to that.
1: Yeah, and I tried different sock providers. You know, I say I, I I sampled around, I went online. There's a whole bunch of them online now, and there's all these different things. But listen, bombas are the ones that have made an impact on me and are staying. They're actually made with this long staple Pima cotton that is uh that is super soft and breathable, which I love. I like a soft sock. They uh they're really innovative, actually. They've got the, the middle, the arch section, they've got like this honeycomb stitch system that actually, you know, f- that that not only provides support to your arches, but also keeps the sock on. When which is good. If you get their ankle socks, they come with a little blister pet tab to keep from your, your, your shoes rubbing against your, your, your heel, just something, you know, they, uh, they've got a great, uh, Y stitched heel that kind of you know, forms a natural cup around your heel. Like they just fit great. And, uh, they also, the one thing I can't stand is that they don't have that annoying, uh, seam that runs across your toes. Right. They've got a nice linked toe seam that just works perfectly. Listen, they're great. And not only are they great, but they're doing great things. First off, they have a 100 percent happiness guarantee. So if you don't love these socks, you'll get your money back. But not only that, in addition to making the most comfortable socks, they also are donating a pair of socks for every pair you purchase to those in need. Uh, socks are actually the most requested item in homeless shelters, and Bombas has donated almost 1 million pairs to date. So they're doing good things for the world, which is important these times. So go to getbombas.com slash ifanboy. That's G-E-T-B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash ifanboy, and you'll get 20% off your first purchase of four or more pairs plus free shipping. And for when you buy those four pairs, they will donate four pairs to those in need. So do good in the world and be comfortable while doing it. Go to getbombas.com slash ifanboy. All right. I need new
2: gym socks. Check them out. They're
1: they're, they're, they're worth it. Yeah. All right. Ratings.
2: Ratings. So uh, as we said before, we've been doing ratings for the DC Rebirth books. I don't know why. It's just something we do. We can't stop. And this month has been the Justice League of America books. This is the third one. Justice League of America, colon the Ray, colon Rebirth, number one. A story by Steve Orlando, art by Stephen Byrne. Steve Orlando has been – hes a co-writer on this one.
1: No, coming. he didn't. I, I noted that. He's been he's been co- the previous books were co wr- co-written by Jody Hauser, but this one was only written by Steve Orlando, probably related to the subject matter of the characters. Right. Uh, <laughs> so this is the Ray. Um It was fine. It was fine.
0: I would even go slightly less than fine. Yeah. It was a little ham-handed. Wow. Little Ham hand was. So th- I, I didn't there's... get it. Like first of all, I don't I actually don't know anything about this character. For some reason. I've seen him here and there, but I really don't know anything about him. And the story didn't make sense to me. I, like like yeah. the power of the guy or his power of disease, whatever it is he has, that's why, but like the link to his father wasn't clear. The fact that he ran into the kid who he was writing to, he thought like it just. It's this
1: this just tried to this tried to do a lot in a small page count, yep. yeah. and I think it suffered because of that. Because to your point, like this is this falls in the cat, in, in the category of these rebirth books, which is this is a origin book. This is a, you don't know anything about the Ray, pick it up, and now you'll know about him. And uh, he's a kid that lives in the dark because he has some sort of power or something. But they don't it, like to your point, Josh. They don't explain how or why or what.
2: Yeah, you know, I've been reading comics with the Ray in them since the 90s, and I don't really know much about the Ray either.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you had a blank slate, but I think that they tried to do too much – purely just the reason why he's living at home in the dark and what the powers are is challenging enough. but then you add in the complicated father relationship, the complicated friendship relationship, the loneliness, the isolation, and then you layer in you know you, that they're making the character gay and his friend is gay and 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 I, I see what Steve Orlando's trying to do there with the the feeling of isolation of that compared with the feeling of isolation because you have these powers and that's sort of, like I get where the the heart of it is coming from. I just think it fumbled in the execution.
2: We don't know, we don't know a lot about him. We don't know a lot about him as a. As a it, it all happened very quickly.
1: Yes.
0: He was a thing where he kept saying, like, it's hard when you can't see a guy or like, and I was like, is he looking for dudes? Yeah. Yeah. There was a little. I was like, are they trying to say this character's gay? It, yes. It was, that, yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. What was that? The what they the were d- doing he's at, though.
2: He's at the end of the, at the, on a date with a guy at the movies.
0: I wasn't even sure that that was him.
2: Yeah. The, the hair. I was like, yeah. who are these
0: people? And then he had a costume all of a sudden.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It it, it. it. Yeah.
1: It was the it worst. Like it was one. Missing pages. It was
0: the worst one we've
2: read
1: so far. Yeah, it, it feels like it was missing pages, Josh. That's a, that's very good. Yeah. yeah. Also, I didn't think the art was very uh, good. I thought I, I thought there were there oh. were glimmers of potential with the art, but I, yeah, I agree with you that it wasn't all completely there. Uh, I like there the were... basic
0: style of the art.
1: Yeah, saying. it's sort of McKelvey esque. Yeah. Very McKelvey esque. I, I like. I love the. I, I mean, I love the character design. I love the black and yellow kind yeah. of combination when he when he makes the kind of Centurion helmet. You know, like that was kind of. Cool. But like, I don't know how he does that. And then sometimes his his you know his costume is black and yellow in some places, but not in others. And and it just it, it like and I don't know. Like he can he can turn invisible, but he can turn other people invisible. Like I I, I don't understand what the power set is. So it it made it hard to kind of know what was going on, you know.
2: Ratings. Also, also,
1: also, he has a great jacket when he's the Ray that I don't know where he got it because before that he didn't have this jacket. Then he appears and he has a jacket.
0: What's the new X Men? Yeah, yeah, he does look like one of the new ratings.
2: Ratings.
1: Ratings. Two point five. I'll give it a three. Two. All right, sticking with it. Well no. this is the same well, question every week. Yeah, I know, but I'm there's
0: still, nothing to stick never, with.
1: Not <laughs> selling me this
0: this book that they're all Well no, he's this, gonna
1: be he's he's gonna be in Justice League of America, yeah. yeah. So.
0: Not selling me that book.
2: No. All, all right. right. Moving on. So as we said, if you go to patreon.com slash iFanboy and you become a patron at any level, you get to vote on a book to include in the show the patron pick. This week, the overwhelming pick was curse words number one from charles soul ryan brown published by image comics
1: and first off i want to thank the patrons for not repeating last week because for a moment i'm like oh if they pick this wwe book i'm just i might walk
2: if you're a patron and you want to see the voting we posted the top five vote getters on our patron page which you can only see if you're a patron so you can check that out
1: to further reiterate that like last week we posted last week's results we're only going to post the books we're going to post the top five and they have to get at least two votes or more because we get a lot of books that just get one right,
2: right? Correct, so this is Curse Words, story of a wizard-esque character in in our world who has come to conquer. Uh, He is the uh, sort of herald of a stronger being and he's come to Earth to set the stage for a conquering but he decides, Earth's pretty groovy and he's gonna hang out and not conquer and that leads to some problems. What are our thoughts?
1: Overall, I like this, but I got a real problem. (laughs) <laughs> and Con- Connor, do you know? Do you know the real problem?
2: Well, for my mind, there could be a host of them you're choosing from.
1: Well, for me, the real problem is is that clearly this story takes place in New York, and I get that it's a fantasy world or whatever. But a major battle happens on what is clearly city Field, and yet the <laughs> baseball players and all the fans oh, are yes. wearing have black and yellow. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry, black and white uh, hats and shirts, which would indicate the Yankees. And uh, got a real problem.
2: Maybe there's a there's an interleague game going
1: on. <laughs> no, no,
2: I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe there was the Yankee- a
0: problem Yankee- <laughs> in the <laughs> Bronx, and they had to. Can yeah. we use the stadium? Yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe they had <laughs> to fumigate. You know, they had they put <laughs> the giant you know or, cover over the stadium
2: in the Bronx, and they had to play their home games in, in it,
1: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be like when the pieces of the Yankee Stadium were falling apart, and the Yankees played at, at Shea. Yeah, yeah okay. there you go. and
0: for their trouble, they were disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were
1: disappeared. I thought this was this was wacky fun. I mean i I love Ryan Brown, Brownie. I think he's great, and uh yeah, so i I enjoy him. the energy he puts in.
2: I like the middle section where he decides Earth's cool is gonna hang out, and then that was that was about it yeah, yeah. josh
0: i I don't know i I think it's one of those things like I was like, I think this was pretty good, but I don't know that it's for me. Like I don't know if it was saying something i I was terribly interested in hearing right that if that sort of makes sense. Like, I I got it. I liked it. I liked it more as I went through it than I did at first. It had sort of elements of a little bit of birthright almost. It was actually very similar to that. Yeah, in yes. In a way. And like a Maybe reverse that
2: birthright, kind of.
0: Part of that familiarity. And it's interesting because, like, so I was super into God Hates Astronauts for a while, and then I was like, all right, that's enough. Right. Because like the, the jokes were sort of always wacky and insane all the time. And I just was, I, once I'd had enough of it, I was like, I'd had enough of it. So, this is like, I think I was expecting it to be both wackier and more, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm having a hard time melding the art and story a little bit. Right. But that might just be too much prejudice of, of what I expect of them. Charles uh, has don't a know. lot
2: of ideas. He's, he's very prolific. Yes. He's one of the fastest yes. writers in comics. Maybe not all his ideas are what I want to read. That's fine.
0: Yeah, I think that's a little bit. I think it's a lot of that. And I, it was. It's very similar to what I was talking about with with Brubaker earlier. It's just like, you know, I, I'm fine with it, but I don't know if this is. And I'm a, I'm getting a lot better this year. At just being like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna read that because it's not, it's not my the yeah. thing I want to read. It's not because it's bad, but I don't know. Like I was a little bothered. I wasn't sure if it was if we were supposed to take it a little seriously or not seriously. So when he shrinks the whole, the whole stadium and then gets rid of it, I'm like, well, aren't people gonna know about that? Well, I think that's the thing, is that he's... That's it, yeah, they, they tease that, yeah. Right, so... like They tease that, that for seems, the next issue. That seems wacky to me. Yeah. So it seems like there should have been more wacky. Well, I, right. is it wacky, or did he just, did he just kill those know. innocent that,
2: people? Is that that's, not wacky? That's the question. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's the like I feel, that's like, the I need, I feel like
0: I need another issue to determine whether I like this or not. Yeah. Right. Whether it's for me.
2: Ron, yeah. is this picture on a lot of steroids... Yeah, I think so. <laughs>
0: well, didn't he get this? Wasn't there a page before where he got like special magic to no, make no, the No, no, pitch?
2: the pitcher on the Yankees who's pitching pitcher, in Queen's. Pitcher, I pitcher I know. yes. The pitcher it, got it's, magic? Uh,
1: it's, it's It's Roger Clemens. <laughs> so, all right. Ratings. <laughs> Ratings. Three. Three.
2: Three. Sticking with it. Mm, I have too many books, so no. Depends on the week.
1: Yeah, I'm going to read the next one. Okay. All right. All right. So go to uh, patreon.com slash iFanboy, sign up, become a patron, and you can vote every week on the patron pick. Thanks, to everybody who participated. And something else you get when you're a patron at patreon.com slash you get a dumb superpower.
2: Every week we bestow dumb or awesome, depending on your point of view, superpowers to our patrons. This week, Josh, you're kicking it off.
0: I just want to go ahead and point it, it in one of the alleys. He bestows the baseball player in a NY hat with big muscles. Right, yeah. Oh, that's he's right,
2: a... that's right, that's right. Okay. He, yes, that's yeah. right, that's right.
0: So he's specifically large. So he is on PEDs. He's not getting in the Hall of Fame, that dude. It's still Roger Clemens, and he goes, whatever. Okay, Maybe go he on. did do that. Kieran Clarkin, <laughs> who hates Kieran Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> Deeply. I don't know if it's, uh, if it's a blessing or a curse, but uh, he has parrot feet. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> you. I have a feet-related <laughs> one. i got to change it now. He has the feet of parrots. <laughs> so, you
1: know, can't wear <laughs> shoes, but gets a pretty good grip. Well, no, can, could he? Could he hide the shoes? I mean, could he? Could he get shoes that fit the parrot feet? I mean, I suppose. But the, yeah, sure, that's at, cool at least me. you're
2: talking about a custom bill. You're talking about giant clown shoes.
1: He's not going to walk around barefooted, footed, clawed Parrots do. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. All
0: right. I mean, at it, it, the at the least, if he's in the Northeast, might necessitate a move. Yeah, but he's got parrot feet. Okay. They're proportional to his body. But they're parrot feet.
2: You know what? I'm sticking with mine. I don't care if we get please two, do. Two feet one. All right, right, Connor, you're up. You're up. Step up. Wakanda Robertson, he has two left feet.
1: All right. Is that is that is that metaphorical? No, or he, he, he got, literally has, he has two left, two left, feet. left okay.
2: feet, which makes it oh, doubly expensive to buy shoes. Does hmm. that actually affect their ability to dance? I think it would, yeah. I think it would affect his ability to stand.
1: Absolutely. All right, uh, John Simmerman. I want to thank John Zimmerman for uh, being a patron of iFanboy. And John has the amazing ability uh, of grout.
0: <laughs> what does that mean?
1: He, he is. He's good at he's, it? Or he. Just, he just don't explain grout. it. Move on. <laughs> just grout. Uh, his fingers put out grout, and he can help grout tubs and sinks and things I, like that.
2: I could really use him. This is funny because yeah. you know, sometimes we think these powers reflect our own needs, but. I got yeah. a whole grout issue. I need. Uh, he could definitely.
1: I could. Yeah. Yeah. James, come over. Can he also right. do caulking? John. John. Caulking. Can you do caulking? Caulking. Well? Yeah. Grout and caulk. Yeah. No. He. What. What is actually coming out is caulk. He's like. He's. He's a caulk man. <laughs> the gro The grouter. Caulk man. <laughs> man. I'm really glad that after almost 40 years on this earth, I found my calling. <laughs> He's a amazing He's yeah. a All you needed
0: to do was say a word, too, and I was
1: like, you've got me. <laughs> i mean, I really like the one-word powers. I, I don't want to go to the well too much of that, but uh, yeah. Play the Grout. instrument, you can play. Yep, exactly. All right, Josh, James, you're up. James Wright, he is
0: a completely sealed system. Hmm. He, he works as as an independent bioentity. He doesn't take in anything. He doesn't put oh, anything out.
1: Interesting. No eating, breathing but How can, do, can he can spelling. he like can, can he enjoy truffle pasta or no? No. Oh, so, so he cannot eat. Is there Doesn't is his throat it. blocked up? It's just
0: there's no it's like a hole. You could like put it in there, but you'd have to empty him like a garbage can. How does he live? How does he breathe? He's a completely he's a... sealed system. Like like imagine like a fish tank that sort of just all supports itself with the, the plants and the fauna and the air, you know, the sealed sort of he's like a biodome.
1: Interesting. Hmm.
2: Yeah
0: there's benefits
2: yeah he could you know, poison gas attack he can just go out there and
0: yeah can can just be like i'm gonna go out underwater now doesn't matter he can do whatever he wants huh yeah
1: all right all right then completely sealed system okay all right so go to patreon.com where you can sign up become a patron and you can get your special power today let's do one quick email greg b well not from... today well not, not today you'll get it yeah. next episode or next time right. sometime right. in the future well,
2: yeah, <laughs> Greg B from Oakland asks, "Are the X Men still relatable?" I just read IVX number two, and the X Men are acting out of character again. Take a drink, and it got me thinking: Are they still relevant? Been thinking about this since right before Secret Wars three or New Secret Wars, whatever that was. At the moment, I can't quite say the X Men are even entertaining at this point. So let's stick to relevant. With a lot of non-mainstream characters heading books to various degrees of success, do we still need the X Men? If you want to trace my fandom for context, I'm 34. My older sister tried to get me into comic books, but it didn't take until the stupid X-Men 92 show. I've been reading a wide range of comic books since. Uh,
1: uh, He's right. I mean, the X-Men aren't relatable. I mean, it's – the X-Men used to represent – The other. that The other like that, you know, and and now it's about – and now it's become – this weird amalgam of the other, but also individuality, but also as uh, you know, kind of hive mindy kind of approach. Like, I, I, yeah, they they're they're floating out there in the ether, and the, their relevancy has gotten. I mean, it kills me to say this because they're what I connected with, but um, it's a different world now. I don't think.
2: think they know what the hell to do with the X Men.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: I've been reading them pretty regularly the last ten years. I've been reading. I read all new X Men and extraordinary uh, X Men. IVX the book. I just don't think they know what to do with them. All they all they seem to do with them is make them militant and they're either attacking yep. the Avengers or they're attacking the Inhumans or but I don't I just don't think they I don't think anyone at Marvel has any idea what to do with the X-Men. And I don't know how much of that's business related or what. We know that there's some business related problems with the X-Men, but from a story standpoint, I just don't think they know what to do.
1: Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think that they're, you know, and this is, and I don't know, and I, I don't know how much of a, this is a byproduct of the movie issue and the Fox, you know, the, all that sort of stuff. And so they just haven't really thought about it, or if it's a character concept running its course or whatnot, or an amalgam of the boat, of both of them. But yeah, where you know they they if you looked at the X-Men's mandate it was, you know, heroes in a world that fears and hates them. Yeah. You know, like that that's what it was, you know, and and I always think of that shot that that great shot in Marvel's of of the the red light of Cyclops' visor and and the broken wall and the crowd around him, you know, kind of, you know, you know like, you know, helping people who hate them, you know, and mm-hmm. and you know, and I don't know if that that carries anymore. And I don't, I don't know what the right positioning of it is, you know, like I'm not, you know, I'm not a writer, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a definitely tough one because I think I think that they, in this world of representation and acceptance and all stuff like that, I think you could very well weave the X Men right in there, but they've chosen to weave the Inhumans instead. I I don't know.
2: I just yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. The,
2: the part of it I think he mentions is that you know the other is at the time the X Men were created, most superheroes were straight white men. So the other was the X Men. Now yeah. the other is mainstream. So What does it leave the X Men? And I don't know that they know what to do with them other than to have them just be angry at everybody all the time. When's the last time you read like a classic uh, X Men story where you thought, wow, that is just, that is pure X Men. That is classic X Men.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ages. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a long Uh, time. Yeah.
0: I haven't even read an X Men story in forever just because I've heard zero reasons Mm. from anybody that I should do so.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not wrong. (laughs) Not wrong. All right. Well, thanks for writing in, Greg, and, and bumming me out, man. Uh, you can you can email us. You can you can email us at contact@ifanboy.com. Uh, send in your question. Let us know who you are, where you're from, and if you want to send in an, an audio file, like an MP3 or something like that, we'd love to play your uh, voicemails and that sort of thing. So that'd be cool too. So do that. So this week we have coming up, as we alluded
0: to, alluded, uh, uh with the Stuart and Catherine Emman book, Russian Olive to Red King. Uh, which is a graphic novel from Adhouse Books. Um, I think that'll be out about midweek. Midweek, Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. yeah. So you have a little time to read it beforehand, uh, if you would like to join in the. I mean, you can talk. We won't hear you. So you could join <laughs> the discussion in that way, or just post, or or just have relevant thoughts to what we're talking about, and then we'll have another talk explode next month. Thanks to the Patreons that who who we also discussed earlier.
2: And thanks to them as well. We do the monthly patron hangout. That's where we, the three of us, get together for about an hour a month, and we hang out with the patrons on on video chat and we talk. And last one was in December. We did a lot of a lot of holiday talk. And this one is the first one for January is January 30th. Technically,
0: still January.
2: Mark your calendar right under the wire, January 30th. It'll be Monday. It'll be 6:30 Pacific, 9:30 Eastern. We'll, we'll post the information as we get closer to it. But if you're a patron, Mark your calendar for the January hangout
1: January 30th. And if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, check out my other podcast that just recently launched. Although now we're like 10 episodes in, so maybe we haven't recently launched. But check out Damn Fine Podcast, where me and Tom Merritt are reviewing Twin Peaks uh, leading up to Season 3. You can go to damnfinepodcast.com, where you can subscribe there. Connor was on a recent episode. we got some more guests coming up. Uh, it's a fun time. So if you like Twin Peaks, check that out, please.
0: And you can head over to and You can check out all of our other podcasts, the previous Six five 567 episodes and then the hundreds of uh satellite episodes that we have done and all the video shows a lot of stuff there like it's in the hundreds hundreds of things and we've been hearing a lot of people lately who have been like going back and listening to them again well now they're all in the feed so you can because it was a simpler time uh <laughs> you can also go like face you can like us on uh facebook.com slash ifanboy and follow us at iFanboy on Twitter and find out what the pick the pick of the week is before the show comes out on both of those places. And of course, you can follow us individually at Jay at Ronxo, and at C.S. Kilpatrick on Twitter and Instagram. And if you like the show, write a review on iTunes, please. It takes uh, not too long
2: to a few minutes to write a review, even less to do a star rating. This is what happens when I start uh, looking at other things while Josh is talking and I don't know what I'm talking about. Write a review on iTunes. Leave a star rating for any podcast you listen to. It's the easiest way to help spread the word and get people to listen to it. So thank you very much. Everybody does that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's going to wrap it up this week. That was Ron
2: looking at something else while we were talking.
1: It was. (laughs) Yeah. We care. Yeah, Yeah, patrons.
0: Go ahead. Give us. (laughs) Donate. We'll pay it some attention. (laughs) It's going to
1: wrap it up. Until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Oh, I'm Josh. Sorry. My head is breaking. hands are shaking. My hands are crawling all over me. My head shaking. hands are shaking. My hands are crawling all over me. Son of a bitch!